Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 14. Anyone out there have trouble remaining calm when dealing with your teenager? I do, and I did, still do a lot of the time, and that's what this podcast is about. I truly believe that if you can remain calm with your teenager, you can pretty much remain calm in any situation. So listen in for my tips and really practical advice for how to do this in your own life. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I am excited to be here today and so glad that you've joined me. I'm going to talk today about acceptance. And I have done some other episodes about this, but there are so many different ways that you can look at acceptance. And what I want to focus on today is how doing um, radically accepting things can actually save you time and can actually make you have to do less and fix things less. And I'm going to make a case for that with a couple of examples. But the thing is about being a parent is that we are so conditioned to want to fix everything, to make everything okay for our kids, uh, to make them not have to struggle or suffer. And as much as we do want that for our kids and for ourselves ultimately as well, this life presents a lot of struggles and for some people's lives more than others, obviously. So it it's one of those things that it's hard for us to wrap our brains around accepting the negative or sad or um, the emotions that are tough to deal with, especially when our kids get hurt. So when they have a relationship and it breaks up, when they have um, friends who are excluding them at school, when they have anything that makes them feel badly, it's tough as parents, I know it's tough for me, to accept when your kids are feeling bad and you want to rush immediately to make them feel better. And so what I want to offer here is that we don't, as parents, have to fix the emotions of our children. We don't have to do anything other than allow them to be there and let them be there. And when I was thinking about this podcast and um, a story from my own life came up and from like, I always draw on stories from my life with my children, but my son had his, like he had a, just a real breakup or a situation where he was heartbroken. Okay. And I'm sure that we can all relate to that. And maybe you've had that experience with your teenager, but when your child is heartbroken or sad, the, the first thing that you want to do is say things to make them feel better. And it feels very counterintuitive. I know it did for me, but I was doing prior to the experience with him, I was doing a lot of work on like not trying to make it better for him and not trying to offer him things that would 
I thought would make him feel better. And so it's kind of a very interesting place to just sit with your uh, teenagers or your childs or whoever you're with, just sit with their emotions and not try to fix it and make it better. Because ultimately what I discovered, and this was just a feeling for me, is that nothing I could say in that moment was going to make that pain better. And somehow trying to say something that is attempting to make the pain better in that moment when it's just happened is almost like you're taking that pain away that needs to be felt in a certain way. And that also sounds a bit strange too. It's like you don't want people to feel pain, but I also think about grief too. Um, And this is another one of those very raw emotions. And I think about different funerals or visitations I've gone to and I would always feel very nervous going to these into these situations because I was thinking to myself okay what do I say what's the right thing to say and what what can I say to make this better for this person and ultimately I realized that I couldn't make it better for anybody and I just had to show up and say sorry, but I I didn't offer. I stopped offering, and I don't I don't know that I ever. I can't even remember. It doesn't really matter. I probably did at some point try to say stuff that I thought would make somebody feel better, but ultimately you can't make these things better for people. And the what matters the most is that you show up, and you just have to sit there with people as they are experiencing what they're experiencing. And you can say, yeah, this is, this is tough. This is rough. And it's not overly helpful to say to somebody, well, you know, it, it, it was for the best. Like that, that, that girl wasn't very nice anyways, or um, anything else that you might say that you're trying to just get the person over the pain kind of skip over it and not actually have to go through it. And if you're trying to skip over pain and any uncomfortable emotions, they will come back to you if you don't actually feel them and process them. And it doesn't feel comfortable to process them. And I'm not saying there's one right way to do that. But what I'm, what I am saying is that it is very helpful as a parent to when something is happening with your child or your teenager that's tough and you don't have the words to make it better and actually you probably don't always want to just make it better. You want to just let them feel what they're feeling and help them through that. And that is very powerful and it will feel like you're doing nothing because you're sitting there not saying anything, not trying to make it better, which is a really odd place to be as a parent when you're used to like swooping in and fixing everything and making it all better, you know, getting a bandaid out and, and making everything better. And not to say that there isn't anything that can be done at some point, but you don't want to jump over that. You want to allow your child or your teenager to actually have the feeling that they're feeling without uh, dismissing it. And maybe even without jumping to a story of your own that should is meant to make them feel better, but just ends up with them feeling not really 
listened to. And really this helps to just allow whatever the feeling is to be there. So the idea behind this is really quite radical. It's like, okay, how do I do this? It's not really radical. It's actually very simple. Um, but it it's simple in terms of the skills or what you have to do, but it will feel odd to hold yourself back from saying all the things that you're used to saying to make the situation better. And as a parent, when you're doing this, you also have to understand that you want to check in with how you're feeling about this too. Because when your child is feeling uncomfortable, then that ultimately makes us feel uncomfortable as well because we know we don't want them. Of course, we don't want people that we love to struggle and to suffer. So there's, you know, just being there for your teenager or your child or whoever you're sitting with, but also being there for yourself and understanding that it is challenging to not say the thing. Like I have found that probably the most challenging work that I've done being a parent is learning when to stop talking (laughs) because I have, um, I, we always think that talking makes everything better and, you know, we just talk everything out and it doesn't always make things better. Sometimes just sitting with a person and knowing when to listen and not offer up the advice that you are certain that is the most brilliant advice that any parent has ever given. Believe me, I have tons of advice in my head that I think is is going to be well-received and I have to hold myself back from giving it all the time. And that also feels very uncomfortable because it's like, if I don't pour every piece of advice and thing into my child, they're never going to learn it all and they're not going to be able to do the things that I really want them to do. So really allowing your kids just to have their emotions. It's almost like picture them with their emotion as like a, I don't know, like a stuffed animal or a ball or something like that. And they want it. They need to cuddle it for a while. They want the bear to to cuddle and snuggle and just feel um, sad for a while. And then you come in as a parent and you just take that bear away and you say, you don't need that everything's fine. Like just shake it off. You don't need that. So if you kind of view that their emotions as sort of a physical entity that you would have to just take away from them, just allow them to have it and allow them to sit there with it and be there with it. It's a really a very powerful um, thing to do and it's super effective. And you're not trying to really get anywhere with this, but you're really allowing for emotions and the processing of emotions to be okay. And you're really demonstrating to your children how to manage their emotions and that it's going to be acceptable for them to feel how they're feeling. So whatever it is, their anger, their sadness, their grief, their joy, whatever it is that they're feeling, that it's okay 
and that it has a place in their experience of being human. Because I think we have a tendency of making those negative emotions and feeling anything that would sort of make us uncomfortable, we make that wrong in a sense. So it's an education in um, allowing emotions. So as far as other questions you can ask yourself when you are dealing with the emotions of others is like when the instinct comes up for somebody, if they're, if they're displaying emotion, and I want to draw a line here too, that, that there is a difference between, you know, feeling your feelings. And I think I've said this before, feeling your feelings at people. So if your child is angry, for example, you absolutely can draw a line and say, you can certainly be angry about this, but you can't be angry in the way that you're spewing your anger all over everybody. Okay. And you can definitely, it's not about allowing anger to come at you in a way that's harmful to you or to other people. So I do want to say that, you know, allowing emotions and allowing people to, you know, emotionally abuse you, let's say, is they're definitely not the same thing. And you can also understand sometimes that when um, your teenager or your children are behaving in a way that's not really how they normally behave, that you can understand that and maybe find out what's going on. Like say, hey, you're not really acting like you usually do. What's going on for you? And just kind of open that space for maybe some more conversation if that's what's needed or not to occur. But just think about some reasons why you might be uncomfortable in allowing your kids to have your emotions. And most of the time it's because what it means about you. And I also have an example from my own work life and becoming a, being in a leadership role and my staff would be angry or upset about something. And I would immediately want to go out and fix it and say, nope, you're not allowed to, uh, you know, you're not allowed to be angry about that. Like it, it, it shouldn't be happening. And so I wasn't accepting their emotions. Again, it's not okay for people to just spew their emotions all over everybody in the office, but there is space to be allowed for people to feel how they feel about something. And I have to kind of remind myself to check in with myself about certain things that I would be angry about myself and that I would expect my kids not to be angry about. So we had this instance where we were going on a vacation and um, the airport underwent, there was a hurricane, knocked down the airport. So potentially our trip was going to be delayed. Not, not a big, you know, pro, it's a first world problem, I guess you could call it. And, um, you know, I was upset about that. And then my kids were upset about that too. And so they had a kind of an outburst. And my husband immediately, not to say anything wrong about what he was saying, but he didn't want them to be angry because then we have to deal with their emotions and we have to deal with our own emotions. So we're already ticked off. And then we think, oh no, you have to be angry about this too. But it's so interesting because we're angry about the same thing, 
but then we don't want to allow our kids to be angry about it too, because then it just doubles up the anger instead of saying, yeah, I'm angry too about this trip, or I'm really disappointed that this trip might be delayed. So in that moment, I was um, just reminding myself that I'm disappointed too, and so are they, and we can all be disappointed together. And that can help more than us just being dismissive of somebody else's feelings. Okay. It's not easy work. And it's something I just want to say that I continue to work on all the time when the emotions of other people come up. Uh, I have to check in with myself. So I'm just offering that as a perspective and try it out. When something comes up for your kids, just sit with them. Try not to fix it. You don't, you, you may not be able to fix it for them. You can't fix everything, but you can be there and you can be a safe space for them to um, feel what they're feeling. Okay, hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you. And that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all. And I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.